Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to Let Him Cook, fueled by Cody Road. I'm in the Wild Rose Casino uh, studios. Nigel, uh, we were talking a little bit. I have no idea what you're about to say, but I- I'm I'm told to let you cook a little. You got something that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the holiday season, and holiday season comes with, you know, people coming down with stuff. I know last week Dylan came down with the green bean casserole flu. Well, um, Just a PSA. That's public enemy number one. If you think that we had this conversation about green bean casserole and all of a sudden, ironically, we can't do the episode all week because Dylan's throwing up and he had green bean casserole all weekend. That is not a coincidence. Those two play, play, a, play a role with each other. So public enemy number one, green bean casserole. But I'm coming down with something, man. I got a fever. And the only prescription is Tyrese... Halliburton, baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we talk about this kid for a second? I mean, he's ridiculous. I like what, five years ago, he was in the season's cafeteria, just a regular student, just like you and I. And now he, he's he's making Drew Holiday do the spin cycle in real time in a game that matters in the in-season tournament. I mean, he he put the Pacers on his back yesterday. First ever career triple double. Absolutely insane. Just want to give my props to Tyrese. And also, shout out to John Halliburton, his father, at almost every game he's in. And he's pimped out in Pacers gear. I I love it. I love the family. I love that. I saw this tweet today. I said this to you, Dylan. It said that Tyrese Halliburton is becoming that D-Rose AI figure that just, no no matter who you like in the NBA, he is a guy that you can root for. And then it's funny because I saw a quote tweet after the same guy was like, he's obviously a Celtics fan. He said some explicitives that I will not repeat on our platform. But nonetheless, if you want to go see it, uh, go look for just Halliburton tweets. You'll probably find it. Anywho, just shout out to Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, he's he's having an MVP season, is he not? No, I think you're totally right. And also, I want to shout out just the 2018 freshman class of Iowa State because there's there's a chance that you were in a gen ed lecture hall with Brock Purdy and Tyrese Halliburton as yeah. freshmen. And that's, that's a valid. pretty loaded, like, you know, stats 101 class. <laughs> like two future MVPs just sitting in the same lecture hall in Ames, Iowa. Uh, yeah, yeah no, had, a, had a crazy night last night. And Nigel, we were talking about this. He's like a knuckleball. Like that's the yep. best analogy that I can. It's like trying to hit a knuckleball. He plays at such an odd pace that only he plays at it's fast but when he's driving to the basket it's not like john ja Morant or like russell westbrook like prime russ athleticism that's getting him to the hoop he's just crafty he just he moves in a certain way that's just kind of tough for guys to guard and the celtics have literally some of the best defensive guards in the nba drew holiday best yeah. on ball defenders 
Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown was guarding him for stretches. And then also, I don't know if it was, you know, Tatum trying to get the switch, but Halliburton was guarding Tatum down the stretch. So, mm-hmm. I mean, dude just had a hell of a game. Uh, the Pacers are going to Vegas. And also, I think this uh, NBA in-season tournament is going to be a cool, like, who's got next? Like, the Pacers yeah. are a fun, young team. They play super fast, best offense in the NBA. And yeah, I mean, if you're the if you're the point guard to the best offense in the NBA, you know, leading the league in assists, I think you have to get looked at as an MVP candidate because he is just balling out right now for the Pacers. Well, and here's my thing too with all that. I think like I like the point where you brought up who's got next because I think it's a good gauge this tournament because they're games that matter in the middle of the year. And I think we're starting to see a lot of guys that we grew up watching, Harden, LeBron, a lot of those guys, right. are, they got dead legs right now. And these these young guys with fresh legs are able to make a statement, almost like kind of like the bubble where you got to see like, okay, Jamal Murray, like he's up next. Like the Nuggets are going to be a contender uh, in the in the next few years. But like, I think it's that's a great analogy just saying that it's a great stage to have this, this new generation of players showcase their skills and talents and their ability to lead a team. I mean, Tyrese... Whether you like it or not, he's leading the Pacers day in, day out. Yeah. And I think he's already kind of that natural born leader. So to see him kind of coming into his own fully, you, you saw it, you saw it in spurts with with the Kings, but the the Pacers trade, I know he took it very hard personally, but I think it was the biggest blessing in disguise for him because he's really just like came out of his cocoon and he's he's a beautiful butterfly now. And it's it's awesome to watch, dude. He that's such a he's a kid that you want to root for already. Right. So to see him have all this success is just it's beautiful, man. And and it's putting Iowa State on the map. Like yeah. what Purdy and Tyrese Halliburton are doing in their respective sports is just special, and it, it just makes you so proud to be an alumni, rock the the Cardinal and gold. And also while we're talking about Brock, I want to give a shout out to Brock because what he did against uh, the mm. great Philadelphia defense was absolutely disgusting he was just carving him up out there someone said uh he came into the arena in a Coles, uh like 75 dollar outfit from Coles and stepped on the uh, right. eagles couch so i that was that was a great <laughs> analogy yeah but um yeah, yeah shout out to brock i actually had a class with him junior year he's the nicest dude in the world if if you see him walking to class he looks like another kid ag agriculture major right. from Ames, Iowa. So yeah. he's just a very everyday guy. So it's great to see him uh, succeeding. Yeah, two great dudes, uh, great representatives for the school. Also, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, second national, uh, like second primetime game in his NBA career, going back to the Kings and the Pacers. So get that team on television more. Bali Sports is just hiding them. You can't Don't even you get them on League Pass. So get those guys on ESPN and TNT like twice a Do week. It. Don't you get it? The revolution will not be televised. Yeah, it should be. It Adam should Silver be. knows what he's doing. He's like, I'm going to make these people beg for Halliburton content. And I, I see I see right through you, Mr. Silver. I see right yeah. through you. And I'll, right? I'll pay. I'll pay up. I need to see I need to see all of it. I'll give him my left foot to watch yeah. more Halliburton TV games. I, I need it. I need it. I need it in my veins. Please. Uh, not sure I'm giving my left foot up to watch DePaul this year. Uh, DePaul. Yeah. Struggling. Uh, a, a tough year for the uh, Blue Demons over there in your neck of the woods. Um, man, uh, just a bad team and, and kind of a bad start to that game for the Cyclones. I think they kind of got knocked around in Orlando. I thought this would be kind of a nice, like, you know, pissed off game. Um, 
like DePaul's just going to go in against a buzzsaw, but it, it took Iowa State a while to kind of find their mojo, but they found it kind of maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half. What did you expect going into this DePaul game? Um, I expected a bounce back. I think the meltdown we had against Texas Tech was, uh, I mean, excuse me, Texas A&M was equivalent. I'm getting to that point. I just got ahead of myself just there. Um, was equivalent to last year's meltdown to Texas Tech yeah. in, uh, in Lubbock. And I think we have just got to stop being that team. Because it's like half of that team or that rotation, because I mind you, that's when Grill was still playing. So half of that team and rotation is gone now due to graduation. You can't really look at – I don't want to necessarily just look at the kids in this in this scenario. As a coaching staff, why are we blowing leads right. like that? And they're they're dramatic. Like you 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 play hard, you know. You, you you get out to this huge lead that you can just really pad yourself on, and just after after that, just execute offense. And we just tend to lose it. And I, I you can blame you know lack of poise, you know a lot of freshmen on the floor, sophomores, whatnot. But we also saw TJ staff do this with a veteran club last year. So what's the problem with? You know, is it rotations? Like, I, I, I kind of want to hear from your perspective just about like what is going on in the in the long timeline that Otzelberger has been here. We've lo- we've lost a lot of games that we were up big in, and that's right. I, I just personally I think it's unacceptable. The way we play basketball, you you have to be able to sit on a lead. Like Iowa mm-hmm. State, they can't afford if you get up twenty. Like we're gonna have. I've seen it this year already, and I've seen it in the past that Iowa State goes on scoring droughts for, you know, five, seven, eight minutes. So if you get up 20 points in a game, the defense has to be elite, and you just have to, like, literally sit on that lead and just don't let it go anywhere. You don't have to extend it even, but you cannot let a team like Texas A&M, like Texas Tech last year, claw their way back. I mean, you just have to be suffocating on defense and that's all you got to do. I mean, offense, if you're up 20, you don't need to shoot. Like, I mean, you don't need to go on a 10-0 run. You just need to, like, if they score a basket, you need to go down the court and score a basket. You need to get stops. You just need to keep up, act like it's a, a tie game when you're up 20. Right. And just answer the other team. But we we struggle almost in when we get a large lead. Like, we don't know, like, Iowa State doesn't know what to do. I, it, they look almost uncomfortable up that many points and kind of get out of their you know, their game. Um, well, I don't think they're comfortable. I think it's they're tired. It like, could be. Like, get, getting that lead, you need a breather. And right. I know Taman is not going to have many breathers this year due to him, what he's able to do on the court. Nonetheless, I think when you, you get that lead, like, five minutes, everyone come sit down. Everybody. Like, yeah. five and five and five. If you got to put Conrad in the game, put him in the game for the time being. You're up 20. Um and just play that still like suffocating defense, but like it's just so frustrating, dude, to like see a game because mind you, you and I were both working a lot for yep. the tournament, so watching, tuning into every second of the game is tough. So I'm I'm really just kind of updating myself with scores, and I'm like, oh, we're good. Look at my right. phone again. What happened? And then I go back and watch like the game on YouTube, and it's like, okay, this is this is the problem. And it just they just seem tired. It seems like they get complacent. Guys like Jones just get really very three happy, which with a streaky shooter like him, or he's had a streaky year, I'd say. Right. Um, it's it's bad news, and I think we just have to get better at containing those leads because, bro, the Big Twelve is going to eat you alive. You'll 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 mess around and lose to BOIU if you're not careful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. 
the other A&M is going to be a really good team. I think they're going to compete for the SEC title. But if you get up 20 on any team, I don't care who it is. You got to find a way to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was by far the most disappointing loss. And then that's why I thought, you know, we're going to go into DePaul and beat the hell out of this team. Let me let me read you uh, DePaul's losses. Purdue, Fort Wayne, the Mastodons, uh, Long Beach yeah. State. I don't even know what their mascot is. Got a, got a rare win against the South, South Dakota Coyotes. Lost to South Carolina, lost to San Francisco, lost to Northern Illinois, and lost to Iowa State. So by no means is this a great uh, a non-conference game. I think DePaul's likely to finish last in the Big East. Um, Iowa State won 99-80. Second half looked good. Um, again, I'm just not used to watching Iowa State put up 99 points. It, it is yeah. a... You know, something I'm still kind of getting accustomed to, haven't seen that in years. Um, what I know DePaul's bad, but w- what about this team? We can be potent. Iowa State has, you know, these games where they get either over 100 or real close to it. What has changed in the last two years with Altoberger to this year? Uh, Taman. Yeah. Taman. I, I think to see year one with Hunter... The team just didn't have that same engine. The, the the engine was Brockington that year, and everyone else kind of played off of him. But ever since Taman's been here, dude, I mean, like he's just doing the little things, and now he's he's kind of like he's kind of like like last year was like Russell Westbrook on the Sonics, and now we're starting to see a spurt of Taman Lipsy going into his Russell Westbrook Thunder era. Yeah, and I I, I love how he's just able to do a little bit of everything and he ends up having his first career triple double same oddly enough, same weekend as Tyree Taliburton. I mean, this is just a good weekend for, for cyclones. They, they decided to cook and I'm going to let them. So. Nigel, I got a little quiz set up for you. I was, I just saw this literally moments before we started recording and I was like, this can't be real. Do you know who's leading the team in points? Um, Taman or Rob. Taman Lipsy, do you know who's leading the team in rebounds? Taman. Taman Lipsy, do you know who's leading the team in assists? Kate Kelderman. I'm just kidding. Taman. <laughs> and also leading the team in steals. So four out of the five stats, Taman Lipsy is leading the team as a 6'2 guard, leading a power six school in rebounding. Absurd. 6'1 is what he's listed as. He's about the same height as I am, so 6'1 might be... I say I'm 6'2", so we're going to call Tame and Lipsy 6'2". Um, just insane. Six and a half rebounds. Again, the triple-double against DePaul. Uh, I think he needed like two rebounds late in that game, and he got them. So, man, he played his ass off against DePaul. Pavletsky, another player I want to shout out, had by far his best game as a Cyclone um, this past weekend. Looked good. Played a lot. Um, and w- just looks comfortable playing alongside Lipsy. Yeah. And I think, again, this is, we're so early in the year still, nobody wins the Wooden Award for the games they played in November. So I think right. it's gonna it's taken time for these guys to figure out, you know, if so-and-so is on the court, how does that change what I'm doing? How does that, you know, when can I be more aggressive? When do I need to kind of defer to the other guys? And I think we saw Pavletsky kind of starting to figure things out a little yeah. against DePaul. He, he's got a, as a, as a, also a Duke fan, I know, 
an asshole white kid when I see one. And yeah. I, I don't know. I know Caleb jumped into that role fast last year, but I think going forward, if it ain't Milan, it's got to be Jackson. Yeah. You got to have that that just punk coming off the bench. And I think he he's shown Spurs that he can be that, you know? And when I say punk, I don't mean he's like the kid's a punk. He's probably a great guy. But right. <laughs> and that a- attitude and aura that you bring on the court has got to be there. And I think you just need that a-hole that is able to do the dirty work and smack a three in your face. And I think if he can get, if he can find that switch that he can always go to, to turn on, I think he's going to do wonders for us going forward. Um, And I think TJ will then start to have more trust in him being that backup one to give Taman those breathers. Cause if we want to see Taman continue to do the things he's doing, the kids got to get some rest. Right. And Pavletsky is like an ultimate if you're an opponent, you hate playing against him, but if he's on your team, you love him. Yeah. I think that's like a great, like that is very much, I think who he will become. And he's got a lot of years left. I, I think he has two years of eligibility after this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, this is kind of just the beginning for him. Trey King had a great game, 10 for 15 from the field, 24 points, five rebounds. I mean, I, again, I, I think any almost any of these guys if they were like i'm gonna have a great game today i think based on the competition they were playing they were going to be able to go out and have a great game but it it was very um just kind of cool the breaks i think a lot of people got freaked out after orlando and were like you know are we as good as you know we thought we were i I think this is like a relax kind of game like everything's going to be all right we took some lumps but like the season's not over just because you lose to Virginia Tech and Texas A&M in November. Right. Well, and you got to take you got to change your perspective. If people are thinking like that, you have to change your perspective because the reality of Orlando is, in summary, we lost to the Virginia Tech Warriors. They were shooting the lights yeah, out. They were. Um, and then you have a meltdown against Texas A&M, and I think that may be fatigue of you're in Orlando over Thanksgiving break and. Right it's a Sunday and you're just, you're out of it. You're out of it. And I think a good reload is, is going to DePaul, Chicago, good vibes. Um, saw a lot of my friends there. I was a little sad. I couldn't join in on the party, but um, yeah, no, it, it just, I think it's a good, good kind of let's get our confidence back. Let's get our rhythm back game. And I think um, they showcased that tonight, uh, that night, but um, also just wanted to, to, give a shout out to the DePaul uh, whoever's calling the DePaul game. Cause they, they gave the Keyshawn Gilbert comparison that we gave on this show. Right. And it almost, I, t- I texted Dylan. I was like, are they watching let him cook? Cause the they made, they made the John Moran comparison. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the hair. I don't know if it's the play style. I, I would like to think it's both, you know? I would say we were doing John Morant comparisons before the hair change. So it, it wasn't the hair for us, right. but I definitely, I mean, the way he plays and how quick he is, I, I think we're going to hear that more than once, but we, I mean, credit us, you know, we, we were the first ones on that train. So shout out, shout out, let him cook for being ahead of the John Morant comparisons. Cause I, I think you're going to get that as the season goes on. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like a, I think we needed this game. Again, I had a lot of fun last week. The Big 12 Big East Challenge, first year, but I I think I like it more than the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Kind of outside of Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas A&M is coming on now, but there are so many compelling matchups between the Big 12 and Big East. 
again, I feel like we always kind of get the short end of the stick. We played like Ole Miss a lot in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, had a tough game against Mizzou. I'm like, seeing that though with, with these games too. Like I, I don't know if that's a TJ issue because like he's scheduling the games, but um, it just seems like we're picking the weakest opponent in these I, challenges. I and think I think it's, it's hurting us come come tournament time because we, yeah. we're getting those lower seeds every year. I, I don't know for sure. I think the Big 12 SEC Challenge had something to do with conference records. So if you finished seventh in the Big 12, you would finish whoever played seventh in the SEC. But the, th the weird thing with that was there's more SEC teams in Big 12 schools. So like a couple SEC schools didn't even play, you know, in the Big 12 SEC. So it was right. just kind of... A team like us always has turnaround every year. We're not yeah. the same team every year. So what were you saying? But I mean, it's just, it's good. I think those are the two best conferences in college basketball. I saw this TikTok pissed me off and ESPN's going to do it too. The ACC is just not what it was. I know you're a Duke guy. They've lost some coaches. They've lost some of that pedigree. I think it really is. I think it's Big not 2019 12, anymore. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Zion Williamson's not playing for Duke still. Like, let's not yeah, act Ty, like Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, Virginia right. team. Like, it's it, it isn't the same. And so I think ESPN really needs. And I know, like, I think a lot of these games are going to be on like CBS Sports Network. And I don't know who the Big East TV partner is, but to me, it's a no-brainer that like Big Twelve is one A, Big East is one B. Um, I think Big Twelve. I'm not sure, honestly, who had who came out on top in that challenge. I, I still think the Big 12 is probably the best league in college basketball. Is there anything you saw from the Big 12 Big East challenge that might have changed your mind against some of the Big 12 opponents coming up this year? Um, Kansas looked good. That was I don't know if you watched the Kansas-UConn game. Kansas that game good was awesome. We bring up players that like you hate to play against, but if they play for your team, you'd love them. Yeah. I want to give a shot to KJ Adams at uh, Kansas. I know yeah. he just lost his mother and he played in the UConn game and in the locker room brought Bill Self to tears. And again, just another reason why I, it's hard to hate Bill Self. Like he's just such a good dude. Um, but just to see him go through that and his team have his back and him have the performance that he did uh, was just really remarkable. And it, it's what makes him so hard to play day in and day out every year we played him. But he's just a tough kid um, on the floor and off the floor, clearly. Um, I know he's probably not going through the easiest time right now. I can't imagine what that feeling is like. So big shot to KJ. Um, but a big thing out of the the entire challenge is just from a, from a serious point, I think it's better. I think challenges are better without the Big Ten. Because let's be honest, the Big Ten for the last few years has – had all these teams in the tournament, and everyone is saying, like, oh, they're a basketball like conference, blah, blah, blah. But then y'all be losing to Oral Roberts right. in like Auburn. Like, these are football schools. And, and yeah. What are you talking about? Y'all yeah. aren't sit down, pipe down, you know? And and it it bothers me. And I think it's a testimony that without them in a challenge this year, people are still like that we're getting high level basketball with the big East, which most of those teams don't even have a football team, you know, their team. I think you, when you, when you focus your, when you focus on a conference with a lot of just basketball pedigree schools, you're going to get better outcomes and better games and just better overall, better environments to play in as, you know, as we go forward. Like I would, I would love to see Iowa state at some point, go to Seton hall or yeah. go to Marquette, you know, in those big, we don't have a football team. This is all we care about environments. And that, I think that'll, that'll, that's a great test early on in November to see where is this team at going forward.
But, like, um, can you imagine, like, Villanova, like, yeah. showing up to Hilton? That'd be, I mean, that's awesome. Creighton, I mean, you it have Greg McDermott. In five minutes. Right. Like, there are some big brands in the Big East, and I, it's promising for the future. Hopefully, we're not playing DePaul every year. Um, yeah. But I, I really like that challenge, and I like how it looked in its yeah, first it, year. It, TJ, for, for scheduling purposes, he's got to just beg for a better team to play. Please yeah. get me, because, like, the last few years, both challenges, I've just been like, this is a this is a gimme game. And even even last year, we play Mizzou, we lose. Right. So like it even playing the worst teams in the SEC at times aren't guaranteed. But um it is what it is. I, I just hope later down the line we are we are scheduling those harder opponents. And like I, I've seen a lot of these blue blood, borderline blue blood, Tennessee's lost three games in a row. I don't think the committee is going to hold that against them come March. They lost like North Carolina, Texas. I mean, they lost to really good teams. So if you go out and you schedule these big names, the committee's not going to be like, you know, that's like a quad one loss, as we've seen, is not a big deal to the committee. You're going to lose against good teams more than you're going to win. I think that's true for just about any program out there, not named maybe Kansas or, I mean, like you have to be an elite program to be, beating really good teams all the time. So yeah, yeah I would agree The non-conference has, especially this year, has been a little disappointing. Some of that though is just, I mean, like, I don't think we scheduled DePaul. Um, you know, I was not as good as they have been. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later. And then the ESPN Invitational Tournament didn't really go in our favor, but it's not like there is a lot of great programs there either. So. Yeah, um, I think like Maui next year will obviously be a better field than what we played Maui in Orlando. This year was a powerhouse. Yeah, Maui was nuts. Ramadan, like, yeah. I don't. I would be afraid to touch any of those teams. Yeah. So I think just like going forward, getting to, I would rather lose to Duke than Virginia Tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to hang your head when you lose to a blue blood. It's like you know we gave them the best shot we had. It's not like you're you know, losing to Virginia Tech had a hot shooting night, and now you're like, man, we probably should have beat that team because they're going to be a subpar ACC team. Right. And it's funny you bring that up because I always, I, people always ask, like, if Duke and Iowa State played each other, who would you go for? And I'm I'm literally that guy who's like, I just hope both teams have fun. That's gross. Because, That's because gross. let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. If Iowa State beats Duke, bro, we just beat Duke. Yeah. If Iowa State doesn't beat Duke, what'd you expect? It was Duke. Right. I can't lose. I can't lose. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, if we schedule those games, who's going to be mad? Like, like, do do we really lose? Right. We play, (laughs) like, at, you know, Cameron Indoor, at Chapel Hill. Like, who's going to be mad? Right. When it comes to scheduling, I will give a shout-out to UConn because after a national championship and losing their MOP in Jordan Hawkins, Dan Hurley is such a psycho that he scheduled a gauntlet of a November yeah. for the Huskies and got on the podium and was like, look, I'll schedule everybody if I could. And I was like, this guy's insane. Yeah. Someone get him a straight jacket. Cause to, I, I just, I want, I want to feel like that is our mindset as a coaching staff. Right. Like I want you guys to want, and I know people don't sometimes, people sometimes probably don't want to play us. That's fine. But I just want to know the efforts being made. That's all. Yeah, I think iron sharpens iron. The good thing, though, mm-hmm. you can't hide once the Big 12 season starts. You're going to play right. top 25 teams once, if not twice a week. So that's coming. And that'll help us come Big 12. Right. Like, we've seen it. We've right. we'll be so prepared for a gauntlet of a conference schedule like that. So I just think it, in the long run, it's going to be so good for us if we just continue to strive for those harder 
Thanksgiving tournaments? Uh, again, I, I said this earlier. I think it's too early to really make up your mind about a player, good or bad. Um, there are some things that are starting to crawl up in the back of my mind where I'm getting a little bit concerned, and I just want to gauge gauge your panic button meter on a couple things. First off, we kind of mentioned it, Curtis Jones perimeter shooting. I don't want him to stop shooting, and actually I was going to make the comparison to Gabe Kelscher, who won us a lot more games than lost him. Mm -hmm. um, even if Kelscher had a bad shooting night, he was going to play his ass off on defense. He was going to do little things to win. I think Curtis Jones is a lot like that. But he struggled thus far. He went two for two against DePaul, struggled in Orlando. Um, where are you at with Curtis Jones and his his offense so far? I think it's a matter of because I used to ask Caleb this a lot when he was in slumps. I was like, "What is the what's the like problem?" And he would always talk about the back the the backdrop of like the backboard. And it's, it differs from environment to environment. Some are lighter, some are uh, darker, you know. And then in, you go to you go to their practice facility, and it's just a wall. It's a light beige wall. So everything looks different, you know. I, and I think it's a matter of, A, just staying confident. I mean, if you're yeah. a real shooter, doesn't stop shooting. And I think for Jones in this offense, the second he stops shooting, don't want to say he becomes useless, but his value decreases. Right. You know what I mean? So – I just think he's got to continue to stay positive. He's going to miss shots. It comes with the day. I think, too, fans need to just understand that, that shooting long balls, they're already a low percentage shot. It's tough, right? So, like, a 37% on a, on a, on a test is bad, but in a, in a basketball game from three, that's amazing. You're a great yeah. shooter. So I think, you know, if, a, God forbid, a guy has a 32, maybe high 20, 20s, uh, percentage-wise shooting night, I wouldn't panic necessarily. It, it's when everyone collectively starts to, like, stink it up like we have in the past against, like, Oklahoma State at Hilton, and we were yeah. scoring 38 that, points that in the entire game. game. sucked. I know. And I, it's just as long as we don't get to that, that's when you hit a real panic button. And, yeah. and uh, really, as opposed to Curtis not shooting his best, I would hit the panic button more so at why have we, like I brought up earlier with multiple teams, blown double-digit losses. Yeah. I mean, double-digit leads, you know, and they, they've ended up in losses. Like, you haven't – it's one thing to blow a lead. That's fine. Momentum switches, whatever. But to lose that game, bro, we got to we gotta go back to the drawing board, you know? Yeah, you got to find – and I think you're exactly right. I think there are there are bigger problems than – you know, one guy not shooting as well from three as he usually does. If that doesn't cause you to lose a 20-point lead, something like that. Right. Um, the other thing, just Omaha Blue, at least to my expectations, hasn't got A, as much playing time, and B, hasn't looked quite as polished as he did in high school or as I thought he would in college. Um, is it a matchup thing? Is it a, you know, where do you find his minutes in the rotation? What does he bring um, that other guys don't? What is the missing puzzle piece for Omaha to really excel um, this year? I think it's, we're too worried about having the three-headed guard snake of Taman, Gilbert, Jones, as opposed to, or even Jackson in some uh, equations, as opposed to 
we may need to at times sit a Gilbert or Jones, put Omaha at the three. Yeah. Because if you want to see Waukee Omaha, you got to put him on the perimeter. He, despite him being 6'8, 215 in high school, he can move. His coach was letting him go out and make plays off the dribble. And like I said, uh, the, in our last episode about the dunker spot, how valuable he could be theoretically in that position. I still think that's more of a Hassan role, and they may be trying to have him fill that Hassan void while he's out. Yeah. But I think if you want to see the old Omaha, you got to have him more out in the perimeter. And that means, like I said, sitting one of those guards, putting him at the three, have Milan at the four, and then Rob or uh, someone else at the five. You know? Yeah. And I think. You're exactly right. Like once Ward comes back, I think that'll allow Omaha to be kind of more of a wing player, which I think he will eventually. I think that's what he's going to play in the NBA too, is kind of like a, a three, maybe a stretch four, um, like a small ball forward type of thing. Yeah. Um, in a more open court, like the NBA, yeah, he could strive at the four spot. Cause a lot of guys are going to be slower than him, but now he's got to just polish the perimeter game. And then, when that when the the game gets slower and the court gets wider, that's when he can fully flourish into that that role. And I I think too, just at times his hands haven't been. I don't know if you ever had to do this, but like tennis ball drills, playing mm-hmm. basketball, like just like throwing them against the wall and catching them, like just like fine motor. And I like I know the pace. I mean, you'll hear this from any basketball player. The speed, I'm guessing, especially like from Iowa high school basketball to D1 power six college ball vastly different two different things he is playing with players on his team and against him you know you might see one guy that can kind of hang with you in high school now you got nine so i think too just adjusting to the speed how fast this ball is coming at him sometimes from passes from Taman or like trey king can throw a ball i think 80 miles an hour don't stat check me on that but i mean these guys are whipping it around and i think he just needs to it's Always a weird kind of juxtaposition, but slow himself down, but adjust to the speed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, mentally, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of things right. going on all at once. And I know TJ's a very animated coach on the side. So if that throws you off at any point, you could miss a rotation. Yeah. You know, if he's giving out a call mid-possession mid or an, calling out an adjustment that he wants to be made mid-possession, and you're not, like, catching on to that, you know, that could be why he's sitting out too, you know, and that it's, it's what's easy yet hard about playing for TJ. You know, TJ's not a coach for everybody. I'm not saying Omaha can't thrive in this, you know, system, but I think in a system that isn't for Omaha, it's just going to take a longer time to adjust. And if we need year two of Omaha people, that's okay. Yeah. It's going to be better for us. Right. Cause (laughs) He's going to figure it out. I, I think it's yeah. more of a win, not an if kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it, for sure. And I, I just think you got to be patient. And yeah. it's, it's, we just got into December. Right. And we haven't played the most polarizing teams. So I think you, we've caught him in moments where he's just trying to do a little too much because of the opponent. And it's kind of backfired. And that's okay. That's, that's normal. And I think, I think maybe the bigger the opponent, the more like the bigger the stage, the brighter the bigger the, the stage, I feel like the better he'll perform in. Yeah. You know? I can see so that. I, I, I think his time is coming and we just gotta be patient. 
Uh, looking ahead now, it is Cyhawk Week. Happy Hate Week for those who celebrate. I am from a small town in Iowa. Had a lot of Hawkeye friends growing up. I've been a Cyclone since the day I was born. I've dealt with this rivalry. I've I've been in Twitter wars. I've been tweeted by Jordan Bohannon. I've been hip checked by Dan Dakich, um, and he called the Twitter cops on me. I have a long running kind of love hate relationship with Cyhawk basketball, especially. Um, I, I think it's a great series. I think it's a slept on college basketball rivalry. There's been some truly unbelievable games in this series. Um, really looking forward to this year. I've watched Iowa a little bit. I, I watched them play Oklahoma. I watched them play last night. Um, they remind me out of the teams we've played, remind me most of Virginia Tech. I think when they can shoot the three ball, they're a really good team, Iowa. When they can't, they kind of start to struggle. And in the past couple years, they've had Chris Murray, Keegan Murray, Luca Garza. They've had a guy usually in the low post that they can just be like, all right, we need a bucket. We need you to do something. Go do it. And for the most part, to varying degrees, they like they've had a guy to do that. Right. This year, I, I think Peyton Sanford is probably who they're looking towards. I just don't think he's quite to the level of the Murray twins or Luca Garza, obviously. So they're a good team. They're a young team. Um, they're, they're a weird matchup. I, I think Iowa State is just built to not play teams like Iowa. Iowa's not a Big 12 team. They would stick out like a sore thumb. Maybe Baylor last year is like one of the only teams in recent memory that has that good of an offense, but that bad of a defense. Um, they play fast, they shoot a lot of threes and it just kind of, if they go in, it could, you know, they can really score a lot of points. If they're not going in, they really struggle. Yeah. Last year was brutal. Yeah. Uh, grill got dunked on. I mean, they, the, both the women and the men's team looked like the warriors. I mean, yeah. they just hit three after three after three. It was endless. Um, but I just think I, I was listening to Iowa everywhere earlier with Bohannon. He was on and he was talking about the game and he said that he thinks they're going to run a lot of zone. So if if that's the case scenario, I, I hope Jones has been in Hilton every day shooting because he's going to be open a lot, especially with Taman, his ability to get to the basket. He's going to be able to have people collapse in the middle. He's Curtis Jones is going to have a lot of open shots that he needs to knock down. And this could be his breakout game. He can save the narrative in a game like this, right. especially in Hilton. He, I mean, this is where people like fell in love with Isaiah Brockington. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding out what they're going to do and adjusting to it. And I think if you can guard the three ball, well, I think Iowa is a very beatable team where I do gain some concern is, I don't know if I'm saying his name, right, but Ben Creek, the transfer, uh, the Kirk yeah. or Creek. Cricky, Kirk. Cricky? I don't I don't have a pronunciation. I've yet. heard like 10 ways to say yeah. it. So yeah. I know who you're talking about. The guy from Valpo. Right. He's uh he obviously a great, great five guy, but with Owen Freeman out of Molina, Illinois, yeah. him I and Brock Harding coming off the bench. Um, shout out Ellen again, Illinois products. They uh won in the state championship last year, and they're both coming off the bench for Iowa. I I I fear that without Ward, we will lack some front court depth. And I think this might be a game where, you know, Omaha's asked to play at the four and we get into that foul trouble situation again. Um, but nonetheless, 
I think if we can contain Sanford, Sanford's a lot like Wee's camp. Yeah. He gives me that vibe. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's shooting the ball well, and he's averaging, I think, 14 a game. So he he's looking to be their main scoring option. If we can contain McCaffrey, I think we'll be all right. And then I just hate Tony Perkins. I think he he's a yapper, and I can't stand him. Is he I from Illinois, it, too? Is he in Illinois? Yeah, he's from Chicago. And yeah. I, I find it weird when Chicago point guards go to Iowa City and they're like, oh, this feels like home. What? What? No. Anywho. Um, yeah, I just don't like Tony. He's he's kind of an a-hole. Not kind of, he is. Um, anywho, going forward, I just feel like if we can handle those specific matchups, I think we'll be fine. Um, we seem to play Iowa a tad bit better at Hilton. Just playing in Carver, it's dark, it's loud. And well, is it loud? Sometimes people, it can be for wrestling. I just think we're gonna have to be we have to be on our P's and Q's and have to be shot ready. I think Milan can also have a tremendous game if if put in the zone correctly. I think the biggest thing is just making sure that a guy like Rob or whoever's gonna be in the middle can just get those guys the ball. Yeah. Cause with quick enough ball movement, they're gonna be quick and easy shots. Like the best way to break a zone is you're at you're at one wing, you swing it back. Let them rotate back, and that person who you just pat who passed you the ball, and you're passing it back to him, he's already got to be ready to shoot. Yeah, like everyone's just got to have. And that's why we can't have someone like Curtis Jones losing that confidence because this yeah. is going to be a game that could be his coming out party. So I just think it's going to be knowing who their guys are, knowing who's coming off the bench because Freeman and Harding are a great duo, and they have that chemistry. They've been playing since they were kids, so it's just going to be key to key in those guys. And just be aware of uh, knowing the personnel that is that is out there on the floor. Yeah, Owen Freeman was I was going to mention that's probably my player to watch, and he's been really good for Iowa off the bench. He's led him in scoring already as a freshman. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, kind of the two guys, not that we were you know going in on them, but Curtis Jones and Omaha, I think could both have really big games. Um, we were talking about the bright lights. I mean, Omaha is going to be able to play against. I believe he played on the same Waukee team. Two former two former teammates and right. Price and and then uh, he played Peyton. against Price because Price was at Waukee Northwest, Omaha was at Waukee. So well, a Price lot of, was the starting power forward on that state championship Waukee team too. Right, I, like though so these guys they know each yeah, other. They've played against each other. I don't know what the friendship slash. It, it's always weird when schools you know, divide and you kind of got to pick a side. And I know right. that can be contentious. So I, d- I don't know what the dynamic is, but here's a great opportunity ask- for Omaha to really show out. Yeah, I did ask Cade about that dynamic and he said yeah. they're all cool. It's okay. just a matter of like with Waukee having the whole open enrollment thing, like you just kind of get to choose on what school you want to go to. Right. And a lot of people, because Northwest was just a newer facility, they had That's newer they everything. They just picked Northwest kind of by default. But anyway, um, yeah, no, nonetheless, it's going to be a great environment. Hilton's got to be on one. The the talking smack has to elevate. And it, you know where the, you know where this always starts? It starts in the women's game. I need everyone to be at the women's game. I'm not I I'm not going to sit here and put all my chips on our women's team to take it up against one of the best teams in the country and one of the best players in the country in Caitlin Clark. Nonetheless, last time they were in Hilton, they did lose. Yeah. So please don't forget that. And it yeah. came by a lot of people, me, myself included, saying some things I would not repeat on TV and or podcast po- platforms. 
um, to Monica Sinano, Kate Martin. <laughs> like it, you, you gotta, you can't discriminate when it comes to boys and girls. Keep that same hatred and energy as Cyclone fans for both games. It's it's so necessary if you want to come out on top. Yeah, equal opportunity haters. Uh, yeah, and th- this game, I love. I think Iowa has maybe won twice in Hilton. The men's team has won twice in Hilton since as long as I've been alive. Um, I'm going to be at this game in person. This will be my first game in person um, of the year. As a fan, man, I got a couple days off. I got some vacation days pent up, so I'll be there. Um, It's just a great atmosphere. It's a great rivalry. Um, I I think the other key that Crick, Kirk, Cricky, one of them. Cricket. Cricket, uh, he he's, has a really good mid-range, but he likes a catch-and-shoot or like a, a pivot into a turn. He, if he has to attack or go off the dribble to get to his shot, that is not his, that's not his go-to. He can, but I don't think that is his first option. He's so, a modern big. Right. If, if you can double him on the catch, I know that's not always easy. And with a team like Iowa, there's going to be someone open on the perimeter but if you can double him almost instantly, he's going to have a really hard time getting his shot off and he's going to either have to put it on the floor or pass it out. So I, I think that'll be a key to the game and then rebound and limit, uh, like run guys off the three point line. I, I would yeah. rather have them trying to come downhill against Trey King against Omaha against Bob Jones, than you know, be able to sit 30 feet away from the basket and just chuck threes. So I think the, these teams know each other enough to expect what the other team's going to do. I, I think, you know, X's and O's, we played this team every year. So it, it's just a how well can you execute? Like, it's it's really just about, like, how good a team is and what they run. Like, it doesn't matter. A, a game like this is so... I From the hate perspective, I would put it up there with Duke and Carolina. Yeah. I mean, like, like, it's real. Like, this is all Iowa has. Like, this is what my sports world was growing up was Iowa State against Iowa. Like, I, you, bro, I was in Iowa City senior year when, when we beat them for football. Yeah. And, like, you're just, you're getting into disputes that you would never get into disputes. Like, I'm going yeah. at it with girls. And I'm like, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, I would never do that. And it's just that game brings that side out of you. and. I don't know what it is, dude. It, it, it I, you're just not yourself on those days. You, you become a different person on the, 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 the anticipation and, and just all of it building up to, especially when it's in, when it's at, in Ames and in Hilton, dude. I, it, it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I still to this day, I will not buy any clothing and or shoes that have anything where black touches yellow. Just straight, I straight up, like, it's like an inner, like, I don't even, it's subconscious at this point. I'm just like, oh, that looks bad. And it's yeah. not that it looks bad. I'm just used to not liking black and yellow. That is just Also, what... a huge fuel for the girls game is never forget Cyclone fans. Kylie Fearbach, she yeah. was at Iowa State. A little Adam Haluska move. She transferred to Iowa. People, for, well, people don't forget. Uh, if, y'all don't, if y'all don't let her have it and wreak, wreak, wreak havoc on her, we're going to have a problem, Cyclone Nation. We're going to have a problem. Yeah, there's Same goes things. with Caitlin. I mean, you, you, we got to be in her yeah. in her ear when she's warming up, like out yeah. the tunnel, screaming at her. Booze. Booze. Throw some shoes. I don't, I don't care. Just Thanks for the memes. Get, you know? Yeah, get creative with it. 
Uh, I, I'm pumped for this game. It, it gives me as much anxiety as it gives me excitement. Um, cause the other thing is you hear about it. I mean, like there's so many, there's Iowa grads at, at work. You have friends that w either grew up liking Iowa or went to Iowa. It's just, it's unescapable. We need a year of bragging rights. Um, I, I knew football was going to be tough this year for Cyhawk. So here's mm -hmm. our chance. Just do, do your thing. Please, God, I I'm going to be in person. Let me see it happen. Yeah, we have better luck when we're, we've already lost the football game. There's less pressure on us to get, go for the sweep. Right. And I think, I think that's what gave us the advantage in 2021. And I think it can definitely happen this year. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, I, I just remember that Brockington, not until you brought up like that's when kind of, it was Brockington's like coming out party. Was it Connor or Patrick that he did a spin move and one of them just ended up on the ground? Connor. Connor, yeah, oh yeah, man. that and that is still one he, of my favorite gifts. Hit him with the, yeah, <laughs> like what, bro? I, <clears throat> nah, I was like, I need to go home. I'm I'm too excited Different. right now. I need to go home. Different, but uh, yeah, that that I think that that dog is still in us yeah. because of what program this is, and I think you know X's throw out the X's and O's, man. This game is personal, and I hope Taman, out of all people, let that. Let yeah. last year's loss sting. And, and I know. I love like having these kids from Iowa. Like, yeah. the, like Tame and Lipsy grew up with just as many like friends that liked Iowa. Well, I mean, he he went to school in Ames, but like, I mean, you live it. Half of, half of Ames High is Iowa fans. That's the thing. Right. Like, I mean, like it's just one or the other. It's like a 50-50 shot, I feel like at this point with my generation yeah. at least. So th these guys and know what this rivalry is about. It's a little bit more personal, though, when you are – you're not from Waukee. You're from Ames. Right. You went to Ames High School, and now you're at Iowa State. Like, I'm like, Iowa City High and Ames High, That's those two schools are rivals. Like, yeah. I mean, they play in football every away. year. Right. It's in the blood. It's in the water. It's it's everywhere. I. It's in my veins. If you can't get up for Cyhawk, then, you know, keep your you ass in the locker room. Taking your grave now because right. you're dead to me. It's the game. It's it is maybe Kansas and basketball is probably just as big of a deal, but you know yeah. Texas last year was not Texas was different. Texas was, but that I mean, environment it, was. It's it, it's Iowa State fueled. It, it's yeah. I I would I would hope that the same energy that you had for Tyrese Hunter, give it to Kylie Fuerbach because last year she had she tore ACL. She didn't play all year, um, but this year she's playing. You yeah. know, and I think if we can get in the head of someone at the bench. And their best player. I think you might have something there. Yeah. Without Monica Sonano this year, you might have something this year. I'm telling you. Nigel, before we get out of here, just saying Kansas reminded me, nothing pissed me off more last week. So apparently, now these are hands. This is bad, bad radio. Hands that have been literally nearly frozen waiting outside of Hilton Coliseum as a student yep. to get the best seats in the house. You wait outside, it's that long sidewalk that loops around the arena, and it sucks, and I hate it, but that's what you did, because you wanted, like, you know, sit first row, second row, and you want to be able to yell at the players. So that's what you did. Mm -hmm. I come to find out Kansas, which is three, four hours south of here, so it's a little bit warmer, they get to eh. camp inside in Allen Fieldhouse? What are Sorry. we doing? What 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 is the you're not getting stars of valor for sitting in a goddamn gym for three days from me? 
you just bring your laptop, you go on class virtually. Where's the sacrifice? Fake basketball school. If you're going to act like, you know, you're this crazy student section, go sit in 10 degree weather for two days and then come talk to me. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) This generation has gone soft. I did not risk frostbite multiple times in my college career. Oh, yeah. Watch these Jayhawks sit in the gym. It wasn't long ago. I was sitting with Mr. Aiden Wyatt behind behind uh on the west side of hilton yeah freezing my buns off it's not fun but you have to do it just me and aiden i think it also makes you angry it makes you angrier once you get in you're just pissed off because you're so damn cold you're like you know what i do hate tyrese hunter and then you just start you start yelling explicitives it's it's you get that you get blood flowing back in your hands and you're like i'm still angry yeah so now you want to do something with them you want to throw some dukes up it's man i man like in the great words of Jack Harlow, they just don't love it. They don't love it. I, and then people were acting like it was this like crazy thing. Like they were like, wow, Kansas, Kansas students are crazy. I'm like, no, they're not. They're soft. I, I would do that every, I would have been there in October for the UConn game. I would just be hanging out in some like janitor closet. It's there. It's, it's heated. It's come on, grow up. Yeah. I mean, Kansas is becoming that school where it's like, y'all might as well not even have a football team. I mean, That was disheartening. I I thought, I didn't know that that was even an option, that you could wait inside. I don't know how I never thought of that, but I almost like that you can't. I think in a post-COVID world, like, that can't be sanitary. Yeah, also, yeah. Just camping out on the court. smell like in there? Yeah. It's got to reek. It's got to reek. Cheese puffs. I know people don't take showers. There's no way. Gross. Uh, Anything else? I'm trying to think college basketball. Oh, I mean, do we want to bring up your Blue Devils? Are we saving that for a First different all, time? No. I, I, my my only comment on that is everyone's been losing. We'll take our lumps, whatever. Next question. Yeah, next question. Tyrese Proctor's also hurt his ankle, so that's not good. Anywho, um, I do want to bring up – at the last, past Thursday, I was in Baton Rouge for the LSU uh, Angel mm-hmm. Reese's back game. It was a big deal. Was that Virginia and, Tech? Yeah, they played Virginia okay. Tech. So Georgia Moore, 5'8", yeah. just – mean Australian Dog. bucket. Just a female Matthew Delavadova with mm. a jump shot. It was beautiful. I was like, this girl is a hooper. <laughs> she is a hooper. But you know who's even more of a hooper? Michaela Williams. I, bro, please go look her up. Like, all of her, dude, I've, I've never seen a freshman move. I like, I don't think Caitlin was moving like this her freshman year. I, I, and I'm, 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 Come at me. I don't care. I'll, I'll argue that to de- the day I die. I have not seen a, a a freshman just this even keel and consistent as a scorer. She's just so fluid. Bro, and her jump shot is just silky. Every It's consistent. It looks the same every time. It's at the top. And she, she's got a jab step, bro. She's got a jab step. Like, and it's, it's, like a, it's like a prime Carmelo jab step. I'm like, mm-hmm. where did, who taught you that? Who, that? That is a pro move. Yeah. And she's just she just got done with study hall a few months ago, you know, and just to, to see a, a high level women's game like that, it it, it it's it's why the sport is growing. And I, I'm yeah. so happy to see it growing. And Baton Rouge was, was rocking like those fans, the same. It was loud, dude. It was like football loud. And I think that's the Kim Mulkey effect. She's in the media room, bro. She can walk in and she she controls the room and. Asking her a question was probably the scariest 15 seconds of my life. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's an intimidating uh, 
That's tough because you don't know that that's a coach where like you don't know what she's she could make you look like a fool. Yeah, well, some guy was like, "This is your first AP win in a long time," and she was like, "And I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna cook him. She's gonna cook him. Duck, run." <laughs> but yeah, no, glad, other, glad she's I mean, out of was, Big Twelve too. Yeah, yeah, yes, you can have her. It gives Bill Fenley a, a way easier time, even though Big Twelve is no joke when it comes right. to women's basketball either. But um, yeah, no, other than, other than that though, great, great game. Um, Flage is for real. Yeah, and. I didn't know that she was like she Farley really has been the glue of that team. Like she's so good. And yeah. that's just a complete team. And I think when healthy, bro, they're I hope they get Iowa again. I yeah, I hope they get Iowa again. Oh my God. I need to see there was a 30 piece last year. I need to see a 40 piece this year. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stress that enough. And I think it will be because I don't know who's gonna guard Michaela Williams. Yeah. Like who? Kate Barton? Sorry gonna be a long night pack a lunch pack a lunch we have some classic hate week ranting as, as we end the show um man i i hope iowa state can just really go on i i would love a, a 30 point no doubter win yeah o- always give me a blowout against a rival over a close game 100 oh, yeah. especially at home oh so that's think- that's what i'm hoping for yeah i think if you're gonna blow out a team this is a lot. This Iowa team is a lot similar to 2021. Like you, you just lost Luca Garza. Right. You're coming off of where are we? Yeah. I think when Iowa was in that stage of they just lost an All American type player, like the Murray Twins. Um, I think you're in that stage of like, I don't know. Who, I, we don't know our identity, and I think that's when they're the most vulnerable. So I think it's the best time to attack. So yeah. hoping for a clone win. Um, I just think Cyclone Nation. Y'all need to read up on some people and know who to go at early on for women's Caitlin Clark, obviously, but Kylie Fierbach, former cyclone left to you for the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Let that, let that, let that sink in. Bring the hate, bring the let hate that, this week. The yeah. audacity of that decision. You can right. go anywhere in the country and you pick that black and gold team, two hours East. That the audacity. Couldn't be me here. Couldn't be me, Nigel. Uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, Sorry for the long episode, but I just had a lot to get off my chest today, no. man. We we were pent up. We had a, we had a flu week last week, and had, we're back, baby. We had a flu week. <laughs> That's right. It's that casserole. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> it tasted good, and, and I want to be on the record. I wasn't throwing up green beans. I still love green bean casserole. I, I, hey, man. Notice how stuff. me and Aiden aren't saying anything. We're, well, this, that, this that's on you. Bro. All right. See Let you guys. Cook.